I'm Deesha Filyaw, and I'm the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, a collection of nine stories about Black women, sex, and the Black church. My name is Jerry Craft. I'm the author and the illustrator of the graphic novels New Kid and Class Act. My name is Ann Winter, and I am an author of children's books. I live in Austin, Texas. Hi everyone, um, thank you Gary so much for having me on. This is a huge pleasure. My name is Andre Fenton. I'm a young adult author and poet, spoken word artist from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hi Gary, thank you so much. Um, I am Andrea Wang. I write books for kids and most recently uh, my picture book, Watercress, and my debut middle grade novel, The Many. It's personal. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. You, This is my first guest for my uh, third season, so I'm just super excited to start off with someone who I feel has brought in so much value um, to me in regards to the work that they're doing. Um, and I'm excited to dig in a little bit more beyond the person that we often see um, online or in the books. Uh, can you introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Deesha Filyaw, and I'm the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, a collection of nine stories about Black women, sex, and the Black church. Deesha, what is, what is up? Like, how are things going? I know that, like, the world's upside down right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but how are things going in regards to just everything? Um, I want to start with just COVID in general, because I yeah. want to make sure you're doing well, your family's doing well, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but how are, how are you managing all of this right now? How yeah, I mean, <laughs> 2020 was something, um, but you know, we're all healthy. We're all still here. Um, and so thankful for that first, last, and always. Um, my book came out on September 1st, you know, so all of the plans that I had about what, how the launch was going to be and the tour and all of that, you know, um, I knew, you know, well before that, that it wasn't going to happen that way. Um, and so I'm so glad you asked about, asked that question so holistically, because usually it's weird when people ask, um, and they really are talking about, you know, book life and my professional life. And I always start with, well, I'm surviving, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. I think that's the, um, you know, that certainly has framed and, um, you know, colored the experience that, that I've had. So there's been this, these times when I've been having these amazing professional moments you know, sitting alone on my couch and I've been isolated from, you know, other people for, for ages, you know, so that was happening while I was winning these awards, you know, so mm -hmm. it was uh, certainly and continues to be a bit of a, a mixed bag. Um, but I'm really thankful for the recognition the books has gotten and I'm thankful for all the readers um, who connected with the stories and the characters and um, I'm so glad for the book because it's brought me into some really great conversations um and and i've connected with some great folks and um and now i'm at the phase of working on the tv adaptation for it yay <laughs> and um and sort of building a world 
that uh, multiple characters from the stories can inhabit together. So I'm really enjoying the work um, of that with my co-writer, Tori Sampson. And we're writing the show and, and uh, we're executive producing along with Tessa Thompson. So this is all just a dream. You know, it is, wow. it's really, really um, incredible. And I'm also working on my next projects um, cool. outside of Hollywood, you know, book projects and stuff like that. Wow. wow. I and I would have asked anyway, but I'm glad that you mentioned it. Um, and I'll, I'll hop right into the, the movie just because it's something you mentioned. Um, has screenwriting been something you've always wanted to do? Um, how's, yeah, like, I'm, I'm just curious of that, yeah. that transition and how's that feeling to right. now take like your baby sure. <laughs> and put it onto, into the screen. You know, and just to clarify, it is a television adaptation, um, but for HBO max. Um, so Yes and no. So my you know, my first answer was no. I've you know I've just always wanted to write novels, and then it was like well, then I wanted to write short stories. Um, so you know I was not thinking about screenwriting, but I have always looked for ways to learn and grow as a writer, and I've always looked for community. And so in 2017, um, Jenny Lumet hosted. 25 um, women of color writers in her kitchen in Manhattan. And we spent the day just, you know, learning everything Jenny knew. She taught us as a crash course about screenwriting. And at that time, it never occurred to me that I'd mm -hmm. ever be doing screenwriting, but I wanted to grow my writing chops. And I think, you know, and I think I know from, you know, writing different genres um, and different media makes me a stronger writer in all the other ways, mm -hmm. you know? So I just saw it as a learning opportunity. And then a um, couple of years ago, probably, I guess now 2019, a friend had an idea that she had, you know, thought about for years. And she was like, I want this thing. And I want it as either a movie or a TV, mm -hmm. just sort of a general idea. And, um, and so she said, and I want you to write it. I said, I'm not a screenwriter. She said, but you can write anything. And I was, you know, thanks for the vote of confidence. But so I started, um, you know, I pulled out my notes from, you know, that that uh, that session with Jenny. And I also looked at Shonda Rhimes's masterclass. And I took a first pass at trying to start writing uh -huh. a script. And um, And then I thought, I need help. You know, and I know how I feel when people are like, oh, yes, you know, everybody's a writer and, you know, and, and, and don't, you know, and when people don't respect the craft, you know, and um, I'm not and I'm not being elitist or a gatekeeper. Everyone is, is certainly welcome to write, but there are skills, you know, that t take time and work and learning and study. And um, and so I was like, I don't want to do this when it comes to screenwriting. I need help. And so I reached out to a screenwriting coach who helped me get, you know, get some uh, structure going and gave me homework and gave me some real challenges and some really helpful exercises to really develop the story. So even before my, <coughs> excuse me, my book came out, I had written a script and the idea was that I needed to 
you know, go back and keep polishing it. And then my book came out and, you know, <laughs> the world changed. Wow. Um, so, you know, I'd love to continue doing this kind, that kind of writing, um, but I'm still holding on to, to prose as well. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love how you weren't afraid to like, just ask for help. And I think that's something we mm-hmm. don't do enough. We, yeah. um, I know myself, I'm sometimes stubborn in the sense where I feel like, I don't know, I feel not insecure, but I just feel like, you know what, it's just really hard sometimes to ask for help or what is that person going to think of me? And like all these mm-hmm. questions run through your head, but I think hearing you who is like a established writer saying like, I need help is um, really good for people to hear because sometimes we forget that asking for help is usually yeah. okay and normal for all of us. So I thank you. Yeah. And you know, we need to ask for help, but we also need to keep learning and, you know, there's no point at which you've arrived. I don't think. Um, And so the pandemic brought so many things virtual. And one of the things that we could keep doing safely was reading and writing. And Mm -hmm. so lots of people who, um, you know, didn't teach often, um, were suddenly teaching online and offering workshops. And I found myself in the position of not only teaching workshops, but taking workshops with writers that I admire, writers that I'm friends with. Uh, you know, let me take this satire, you know, uh, workshop with Rian Amalkar Scott, you know, mm-hmm. or let me take this horror workshop or this crime um, violence, this, uh, uh, you know, writing about violence with from um, Sean Cosby, uh, who writes, you know, crime books and, um, you know, things that I never thought about before. And so, you know, and I keep doing that. I'm I'm slowing down on the teaching, but, um, you know, I'll have people take a workshop with me and then they're shocked when I sign up for the workshop they're teaching. (laughs) You know, I'm like, why? I want to learn too. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I think it's so true. And I think it's so important that you share that because, yeah, I think being able to continue to learn and being vulnerable and all that stuff Mm -hmm. is so important in life. So. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm so happy to hear that because it reminds me, but I'm also sure that other people are happy to hear that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you about your childhood, but I always ask this question because I'm just so interested. Um, and I guess I want to start with like, what are Jacksonville? Is it Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, Jacksonville, Florida. So what did Jacksonville, Florida look like for you when you were younger? Uh, what are some of the things that kind of help you be who you are today, sort of sense? Yeah, I mean, and Jacksonville is a def- very different place now than it was uh, when I was growing up, I think. But um, one thing that I took away from growing up there was the sense of community mm-hmm. and solidarity. And I just consider myself, you know, kin to other Black folks. And that's so important in general. But it's really been important since the book has come out because I have built these relationships with Black writers and we really are like family. And to me, that was just an extension of how I grew up where, you know, um, we had, you know, the, the, the formal term is fictive kin, you know, um, but that's just how I was raised that, you know, we, um, when you connect with people, they're your people. 
Um, and, uh, and so when I went to college and in different places I've lived, I've always been surprised to meet other black people who didn't rock like that. And, um, and so, you know, that was a big part of it for me, just being very, um, very much in the, you know, seeing myself as kin to black folks and, um, supporting each other and having each other's back and you know being each other's biggest cheerleaders that started in my family you know i was raised by my mother and my grandmother and they i was an my mother's only child and you know i there was not a moment that i didn't know that i was absolutely loved so you know coming from very loving people very generous women um you know so i try to make my life reflect that generosity um and I grew up in, you know, you know, what people would consider working class or, you know, a poor community. And so, you know, the impact there for me has been to not take anything for granted mm-hmm. and to, you know, the way that I perceive having anything is sort of the way that Toni Morrison talked about power, which is if you have it then the whole point of having it is to give it to somebody else and to empower someone else. And so um, growing up without a lot of money, um, you know, just helps me understand the value of things now. And to know that, you know, my mother struggled and there were times when I struggled. Um, And so, you know, wanting to make sure that part of success for me means helping somebody else struggle less um, the way that other people have helped me. Wow. I love that. I love that. I love that so much. And I think it's, it's such a, I think it's so, again, so important to say, because oftentimes our lives can change so much and we can forget mm-hmm. where we come from. And for me, at least, I, I feel the exact same way. It's always important to remember because there's the foundation had to start somewhere. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you I know, and sometimes some... we talk about all the ways that our families, you know, what they didn't do and, you know, whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, I try I've been trying to focus more and and I and as I get older and as my mm-hmm. children get older, I see more of oh they they did they got that right, you know, yeah. and I didn't yeah. always haven't always given credit where credit was due of or course. didn't get the the weight of it you know like my mom Mm -hmm. had me when she was 18 Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until my oldest daughter turned 18 that I was it hit me like a brick what it must have been like for her Mm -hmm. raising me you know by herself during that time and I had to sit down and I just cried you know I just cried for who my mother had been and so you know and what she able what she was able to do with so little um and so I think, you know, just we have we've been given so much, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes it takes some living, you know, to to have that perspective. My grandmother used to always say that, like, when somebody younger thought they knew something or knew better or whatever, she would just say, just keep living. And now <laughs> I understand what that means. As we always do. Right. Like, I think I yeah. have say moments like when you always feel there's moments as you get older that, you know, better than 
the people who are raising you. Like it's just right. tend to, tends to happen all the time. Um, That's but right. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I, I was going to ask you, and it doesn't really go without saying. So I'm going to ask, like, who mm-hmm. would you say? I know some of your um, inspirations in regards to writing, but in regards to family, like, who would you say are some of your um, people who have inspired you just to not necessarily write, maybe just like move the way that you do in spaces, mm-hmm. um, be the person that you are in regards to Yeah. Um, as I touched on, you know, my mother and my grandmother were very generous, very hospitable people. They didn't have a lot materially, um, but they definitely believe in helping other people as much as they could. Um, and then a few years ago, I I was so, you know, fortunate to meet Kiese Lehman, who, you know, is generous in that way as a writer, um, and and as a, a part of you know the Black writing community, and he is, you know, opening doors, kicking in doors, and he's bringing people behind him, mm-hmm. and so you know he's done that for me and so many others, and now you know I'm trying to be like him. I'm trying to to do that as well. Um, And then I think about my friend, um, Yona Harvey, who is a poet and she's also written um, The Black Panther for Marvel with uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates and uh, Roxane Gay. And she just has such a grace about her. And Mm -hmm. I tend to be, you know, my natural inclination is to rush right in whether it's physically or with an opinion or something. And from Yona, one of the things I've learned is to pause, is to listen, is to take a moment, take a beat mm-hmm. and reflect um, and listen and process, you know, just to slow down. Um, and I just always, you know, I'm a little older than Yona, but I always feel like she's so much more mature and so much <laughs> wiser, you know? Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm always trying to be more like Yona. Mm, and shout out to just the author, writer, friends, friends in general yeah. who care um, and who are knocking down, pushing down doors for other writers. Um, in case they like, I had, I've had the opportunity to talk to him quite a bit as well um Mm -hmm. and same thing like as I was going through the process of looking at contracts and figuring out an editor Mm -hmm. and agent stuff like he like I didn't know and I'm like I'm this like kid from like this black community in Canada like living in the Philippines like and I'm reaching out, not really even sure what's going to happen, but he was so graceful and just mm-hmm. so open to just giving any type of advice possible. And, and yeah. Jason, Jason was the exact same way. Like, oh, for yeah. whatever reason, like they are the busiest people like on earth <laughs> doing <laughs> what they do, but they find moments in time. And a lot of people do just to, yes. to look out for other people. And that's something I find very special about um the community of writers um that just I don't know it's hard to describe it's really really hard to describe so um, I'm glad you've had that support because it's important especially during your time as a uh, writer debuting a book 
during the times that you did. Um, yes, and you, I, you touched. <laughs> we could not have gotten through it without each other. You know, yeah, yeah we care. We care. We really carried each other through this. You mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does um, what does Nish like to do for fun outside of the the pen and the paper? outside yeah. of the reading because I know you love reading like what are you what do you like to do for fun outside of all those things I like cooking I like hiking I like traveling dancing um playing board games and trivia games um and uh just spending time with my family mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what yeah. what would you say and I know you talk about food a handful of times yeah. in your book as well mm -hmm. um so what is, what's your like go-to then so like if you know if you had some friends over what is your your go-to thing to cook um so i like you know depending on who it is like i would normally make like a, a like a seafood curry or something like that but if my friend brian was coming over i couldn't you know do that and so typically if he comes for dinner i'm cooking for him like i'm gonna make <laughs> a meal for him because he just won the kirkus prize of course and of he'll course. just mention stuff that he wants like one time we were celebrating something maybe it was his birthday and he was like i would like cook a vent and i was like okay we'll figure that out and he was like what is it <laughs> he just said i like the way it sounds <laughs> so you know um but I love cooking seafood. Um, what else? Um, I like making uh, anything with crab. You know, I, I'm just the Florida, you know, I, I love that. Um, so I'll do like a, you know, a fried seafood feast or something like that. Um, my family likes when I make macaroni and cheese. I mean, I, I like macaroni and cheese, but I'm not like crazy about it. But because um, I'm not that crazy about cheese, but um people like my macaroni and cheese i have five cheeses in there um what else do i make over during the pandemic one of the things i did to you know self-soothe was learn how to make good fluffy buttermilk biscuits mm -hmm. so i did that um i don't cook a lot of pasta like and and I don't cook and really I don't get into red meat. I rarely cook even chicken. So mm -hmm. I'll um, you know I'll do fish or something like that or just no you know no meat at all. Um, roasted vegetables um, and I can cook like a southern you know soul food. I can fry uh -huh. chicken and you know all of that. Mm -hmm. um but definitely i've gotten away from meat and so i'm more inclined to like make fish i love chilean sea bass um so that sounds really like you're, are you doing a cookbook <laughs> <laughs> i should um yeah there's a moroccan style chilean sea bass that i make that's really wow. good and like with like some maybe some jasmine rice or or something like that you, yeah. So you like, you know your stuff, like you're not playing. <laughs> no, not at all. And then uh, greens, you know, kale. I cook a lot of kale and chard and I might make it fancy, maybe like a little, you know, coconut kale with some ginger or something like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I see you. Yes. I'm going to feed you. You come to my house. You're going to eat. <laughs> I see you. I love it. And as, I guess my last question, and I'm only asking because I remember you mentioning it 
and I don't like asking this question because I know it tends to bring anxiety. It also is a little bit of pressure just about like what your projects are next coming. And I know mm-hmm. you talked about working on your next project. And I also know that sometimes you can't really say anything yeah. as well. Um, so what I guess I don't want to say what is it, um, but I want to say maybe like how is it going? And then the yeah. last question would be also what advice would you have for anyone out there that's thinking about writing or um, starting this writing journey as well? Yeah, I can talk um, about what I'm working on. Um, I'm working on a new collection of short stories. And this time Mm -hmm. the theme is around mothers and daughters because there was a lot of mother-daughter stuff and church ladies that was actually unintentional. It was clearly my subconscious got in there and, you know, there was some stuff I needed to work out. But then I thought, well, wow, if I got intentional, you know, what are some of the things I want to explore about the dynamics of those kinds of relationships or that particular relationship? Um, And then there's a novel that I have been working on since 2007 that has evolved a lot since then, (laughs) because I have evolved a lot since then, but I am kind of happy with how the character has changed and even the 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 focus of the story the tone everything has shifted as i you know my interests have shifted and um so that's something that i um you know um have not abandoned i keep you know i was going back and forth for a while and i was like you know what i can do both i don't have to do just one and then, um, as we talked about earlier, the adaptation for HBO Max um, of Church Ladies, and that's a lot of fun. I'm working with my co-writer, um, and we're essentially building a world. Um, and so, you know, world building is great. Um, I'm sure, you know, in sci-fi, but even a fictional real place um, is is fun to think about and, and do research. And we're both you know, Tori and I are like nerding out on the research. <laughs> and it's also fun to be able to revisit the characters <clears throat> from my stories. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're pulling characters from the nine stories and putting them together into a singular world. And there'll be some things that readers um, are familiar with from the books, but then there'll be new developments. We'll see characters mm-hmm from the book as they are younger and as they're older, we're wow. moving forward and backward in time. And, um, and I, I, it's, I think it's going to be great. It is going to be great. I have zero Thank doubt you. in my mind. <laughs> and uh, you said advice for people who, you know, who want to write. Um, my mentor of now more than 20 years, when I first met him and said, I want to write, can I have some advice? He was like, you must be a masochist, which <laughs> I was, I didn't, I was not expecting that. And I didn't understand what he meant. But what I understand now that he was trying to say is that, um, you know, this is hard work. And a lot of times it's hard work and you don't see the end in sight. You don't see the rainbow, you know, the pot of gold at the end, you know, but you keep going anyway. And, you know, beyond when other people are like, why are you doing this? Or why would you continue that you might not be able to articulate it to somebody else, but you want this more than anything. And I think you have to want it in order to endure the rejection and revisions and the notes and the editing and the all of those things and so um 
you know, I would encourage people to make sure that what they really want is to write mm. and not to have written. Um, I think again, Toni Morrison has a quote about that, that lots of people want to have written and want to be authors. They don't necessarily want to write. They don't necessarily want to rewrite. They don't want to do that stuff. Um, but I would just encourage people to do the work, to invest in themselves and their work, the time, the energy, the diligence, the perseverance. It's really worth it. Um, and you just can't do it without all of those elements. There's no hack. Mm, I love that. And it's so, yeah, it, it, I hear it from a lot of the writers that I love. It's just like, you can't just get in it to to want to have your name on something. Like, it's just not yeah. the way to go about it because it's not, it never works out. It's yeah. like never, it never works out that way for you. Um, I want to thank you just for hanging out I'd late, it's late isn't it eight? it's late there you're probably a late night not too bad it's mm -hmm. it's almost 7 30 so but this <laughs> is, you know this is book tour life i mean what a life to get to talk to people about what i love right yeah i agreed i 100 percent agree i, I want to thank you so much just for spending the time i know that we went back and forth a few times just figuring out the schedule and i know you are super busy so again i really really do appreciate you spending the time with me. Um, I continue to hope that you continue to find all the joy and all the things that you love to do. Um, sending so many blessings your way. I appreciate you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to see your book in the world. And <laughs> I'm so proud of you and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What I'll do is... Um...